Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do somewhere! Join us in a little bit. We'll figure it out. Don't you worry. We got lots to get to. Why not uh, dilly-dally? Let's get right to Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, Bears with a 40-20 victory over last night. Or over the Commanders last night. Justin Fields, 15-29, 282, four touchdowns. DJ Moore, eight catches, 230 yards and three touchdowns. That's uh, that's good. I told you I liked more last night. I don't know you know I liked them that much. I liked them. But holy smokes, man. They get the rest of the uh, weekend off. They'll get the Vikings on Sunday at Soldier Field. That is... Uh, that's a heck of a performance last night out of Justin Fields. He heard y'all out here talking about Caleb Williams, and he said, hold on a second. By the way, Justin Fields currently tied for the league lead in touchdowns with 11. With, of all people, Kirk Cousins. Now, somebody could easily catch him this weekend. Russ, Josh Allen... Tua all have nine. Mahomes has eight. And they've all got to play this week. More good news for Bears fans. You were due for some, right? The Bears have moved Chase Claypool. He's gone to the Dolphins along with their seventh round pick for a sixth round pick. Dang, y'all traded like pick 33 for this dude and then you got no wins and a sixth round pick in return. Ugh. But you're 0-1, or you're uh, 1-0 without him hanging out with you. So, yay? Yay? Soccer sectional finals. They're set. On the boys' side, 2 p.m. at Marion. Jeff Harrison. 2 p.m. at West Side. It's West Lafayette Twin Lakes. 2 p.m. at Carroll, it's Faith Christian and Carroll. On the girls' side, Harrison. 7 p.m., McCutcheon and Harrison. 6 p.m., Kankakee Valley. It's Valley versus Westside. And at 7 p.m. at Benton Central, Faith Christian. Central Catholic. Colts. Injury reports. No quitty pay, concussion. Shaquille Leonard, groin, 
He is out. Ryan Kelly cleared protocol. Jonathan Taylor? Shane Steichen says, quote, we'll see. Won't throw anything out there. A little shocking. Purdue University Board of Trustees uh, approve a contract extension for Mike Bobinski today. That'll run through June 30th of 2028. Quoteth Bobinski, I am grateful to President Chang, the board chairman Berghoff, and the entire board of trustees for providing me the opportunity to continue to working alongside our talented Boilermaker student-athletes, coaches, and staff. It's an extremely dynamic time in college athletics. I look forward to helping Purdue navigate the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. Tuesday, Big Ten Media Day for basketball, and uh, we have got ourselves our uh, Big Ten preseason list. Zach Eady, your Big Ten preseason player of the year. He is also first team all uh, Big Ten and uh, consensus in that regard. Uh, He is the only Boilermaker to end up on the list for first or second team. Uh, I see. I don't know who else I would make a case for there. I'm just saying. They tend to watch these things, don't they? So, uh, Zach uh, now becomes just the third Boilermaker since 94-95 to be named the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. Anybody want to try to go ahead and guess the other two? Anybody? What do you got? Since 94-95. Go ahead and take a guess. Two other players. Who you got? All right, time's up. Robbie Hummel, Carson Edwards. Not two bad guys there to be associated with, right? There you go. That is today's Need to Know News. Did I give you some winners again last night? We got winners again last night. Although I wish I'd sprinkled more on DJ Moore for you. And I was a little... Look, Komet had an okay game. He did have the touchdown, though. But other than that, Curtis Samuel scored. We liked, you know, we begrudgingly took the over. We were on. Bang, let's go. Tonight, two games in college football. I kind of like Kansas State. This Nebraska-Illinois game is absolute. It's, I, I can't with this stuff. I can't. This is horrible. This game is horrible. This game has all the makings of what you feared last night's Bears and Commanders game was going to be. You know, if you take a quick glance at where these two teams are at statistics-wise, super-duper misleading. Because as I was trying to prepare for this stuff, you see that in in terms of rushing, you know Nebraska leads the conference in rushing, and Illinois is dead last in rushing yards allowed per game. But then you realize most of those rushing yards are all picked up with their quarterback. And a lot of that stuff has been done uh, against like Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois. 
I, they don't exactly have a running back laden team here. They got a lot of different guys picking up uh, carries. Now, this is still the same Nebraska team, too, that slugged it out with Minnesota 13 to 10 and lost. They got dismantled at Colorado. They won at home against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. And then got destroyed by Michigan last week. Meanwhile, Illinois, I my, I took Illinois media mania. My gut tells me that they're due for a little bit of a bounce back. And they just got absolutely embarrassed by Purdue last week. I just feel like they got to have some fight in them. Some fight. But I kept on looking through this. I mean, neither one of these offenses are fantastic. We're talking the 12th and 14th uh, best scoring offenses. The other thing, too, is the Illinois defense has not been that good. The Nebraska defense has been mid. Both these teams are absolutely terrible. Terrible. In the red zone. Nebraska has allowed 17 of 17 attempts in the red zone and scoring. 11 of them touchdowns. Illinois' 23 of 26 red zone defense. With 16 touchdowns. But I have like zero faith of either of these teams really doing a great job of getting it to the red zone. That's the problem. If anybody has a better chance of doing it, it's probably Illinois 14 of 15 this year of it. And out of those 14 scores, 11 of them have been touchdowns. I'll give them that. Nebraska dead last in red zone offense, 9 of 12. Eight touchdowns. I just, there's, this is just tough. Now, I think Illinois has a bit of a boost at home. If I have to take somebody to Illinois, I don't like laying three points in this. The over-under's at 42? Oh, Lord. This is, I mean, this is just tough. Look, Illinois played Penn State and only gave it was only combined forty three there. I can't imagine that Nebraska is going to help keep pace. This feels like the Minnesota game where it's like thirteen to twelve or it's like fourteen to like seventeen, fourteen twenty four maybe at best. I feel like the unders the better play here, but my gut has got me telling it's Illinois. I've seen a lot of. Pro- all the prognosticators like, no, no, this is a great underdog spot for the Cornhuskers. I just... Uh, both these teams are terrible. I don't want to mess with that. I, I do not want to mess with this game. I think your best bet is honestly to stay away from it. If you want the action, I go Illinois. I don't like it. I go the under. I don't like it. But if you're going one, if you got to get in on it, that's the way that I go. That's that's what my gut tells me. But I'm also, my brain also tells me I'm super excited that I'm doing high school football tonight and not watching this thing. That's for sure. All right. Uh, and sometimes the best bet's the one you don't make.
We're going to take a break. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, scheduled to be on with us next. Hang tight. Play more Hammer Down Show on the way on 1017 The Hammer. 101. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017TheHammer.com. All right, we're going over to our Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Let's welcome in Sam King of the Laviette Journal and Courier. Uh, does a great job of covering local sports, including uh, your high school football action. And we've got five good ones on tap for you tonight. Sam, uh, a pleasure to have you back here. It sounds like you're going to be out at our game of the week tonight, which is Benton Central and Central Catholic. Uh, happy times right now for the Knights. I mean, they went through that lull with the offense, and now... Uh, they're turning in 40-plus point performances. They got Hardebeck back. They're going to have Meister back tonight. Uh, it just seems like Central Catholic's starting to peak at the right time. Yeah, and, you know, this is because of the way the schedule is set up. This is a typical, uh, I guess, storyline throughout the, the years of Brian A. Is, uh, you get off to a slow start. Then you get to, you know, some weaker teams on the schedule and get up and get some wins. But it just feels different with this team because there were so many injuries, and it was kind of like, is the offense going to get rolling? And then the team just looks, you know, here recently uh, to be humming at the right time. It's not just winning. It's uh, going out and and winning the way it should against some of these teams. Um, And, you know, even though uh, Coach Nay will tell you it wasn't a full four-quarter performance against Rensselaer a few weeks ago, uh, that was a pretty impressive victory in the, the final score and the way that it played out. So, yeah, I, I like the direction that Central Catholic's going right now, and you get a, a one-win Benton Central team coming to your place tonight with a chance to kind of continue that. Yeah, but it's not any average Benton Central team, though, Sam. I mean, they do have the state's leading wide receiver in Corbin Cooley. Joe Widmer, I think, is like third in passing in the state right now, which is just really bizarre uh, to me to, to, to think of Benton Central as the uh, wide-open, run-and-gun type uh, passing team. I mean, uh, what's next? Is Rensselaer Central going to start running the spread or the air raid? I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but, uh, you know, Coach Nate really likes his defense. He told me earlier this week, he's like, I think this is the best defense that we've had since he's been there as head coach. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that just collectively. I would, there's been probably individually – some better defensive players maybe, but uh, as a group, and you look at what this team's done, even against those better teams on the schedule, the you know Garen Catholic, West Lafayette, um, the, the defense didn't seem to be the reason that those teams couldn't, the team couldn't win those games. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like you got a chance tonight, and you're talking about Benton Central's offense. It is a lot of, uh, for the most part, just getting the ball quickly to playmakers, four to five yards off the line of scrimmage and, and hoping to bust a big win and, and let them make a play. Um, so the receptions are up there. You know, the yardage is up there. Um, but I also saw a lot of those <clears throat> yards that the that Benton Central got against West Lafayette were in the second half against the JV unit. Now, that's not a knock on those guys at all because they're they're good players, and Joe Widmer is a good quarterback, and credit Coach Standifer for playing to Benton Central's strengths. Uh, I don't think it's a good running team, so, hey, we're going to air it out and – uh, see what we can do. Unfortunately, if you look at the, the teams that have been on Benton Central schedule, those teams are scoring about 50 points every single week. So that also puts you in some, some passing situations, trying to throw your way back into a game. And um, that, that tends to tell me that Central Catholic's offense should have a pretty prolific night if, if all things go well. 
All right, Sam, let's go over to Gordon Shirley Field where West Lafayette is going to welcome in Twin Lakes. Uh, they have won 18 straight against the Indians, which uh, snapped a nine-game losing streak last time that the uh, uh, when that streak started, which was September 29, 2006. Uh, Sam had his frosted tips listening to the number one song of the country, uh, Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. That's the last time Twin Lakes has won this matchup. And, uh, you know, I, I know they're a, a bit better under Coach Kevin O'Shea. They'll get there, but... Um. Yeah. This this West Side team is still, I think, a little bit too much for them to be able to handle tonight. Yeah, and I think couple that with the fact that the Red Devils just played pretty poorly last week, and I know Tippecanoe Valley is undefeated and, and a pretty good team, but it shouldn't have been, you know, the the score uh, differential that it was uh, when you look at talent across the board. So you go from West Lafayette had played the Saturday before against Benton Central and. Uh, probably came out as focused as any game this season if you, you talk to Coach Fry, and then last week, the complete opposite. So now it's, you know, probably going to be back, I would think, more towards the coming out focused, and that doesn't bode well for, for Twin Lakes. Uh, the Red Devils have too many weapons, and uh, you know, I think a very good defensive team, and uh, though, though I think Twin Lakes will, is trending in the right direction and will get better, uh, I think this is a, a game where uh, West Lafayette rebounds and then heads into uh, what Coach Fry every year deems championship season where, you know, if you're fortunate to go to Westside, because it's always the case, you're playing the Hoosier Conference championship game in week nine, then it's obviously playing for your season every week after that. Yeah, and they go up against a uh, Hamilton Heights team that's been uh, pretty good on the East Division. Uh, they are 7-0 on the season. They've allowed just 26 points. Uh, on the season, they've allowed none in conference play. I know that um, it's, uh, you know, some of these teams, you know, Northwestern and, and Twin Lakes and stuff and Tipton, cool. But, you know, they did shut out uh, Central Catholic. They have not given up a score since week two, have the Huskies. So uh, I think that's going to be a great matchup uh, next week over there at Gordon Straley. Yeah, it should be. And, that you know, if you're West Lafayette, you love that because it's going to give you a tournament-type feel going into the tournament. All right, Sam, let's keep on uh, moving through uh, throughout the county here uh, as uh, we continue to have uh, great matchups again here. Oh, my gosh, I lost my whole schedule. Here we go. It was uh, Arsenal Tech and McCutcheon. Uh, boy, look at this. Mavs come home with another win last week. Uh, that's big over Jeff. So now they can finish out these last two weeks here. Uh, they'll be at least second in the NCC in their last season. This is a great jump, I think, for uh, Coach Josh Strasser in Week 2. Uh, I don't know where I would set the bar at, but I can tell you this. I think second in the conference uh, would definitely eclipse wherever I would have set that bar at. The defense is playing great, and uh, they've got another very uh, winnable matchup tonight uh, against Tech at home. Yeah, and uh, you know the great thing about where McCutcheon should place in the conference is the all-conference teams, the number of players you get on those all-conference teams in the NCC is based on where you place in the league, so... The higher up you finish, the more players you get on the all-conference team, and that's a, a great, um, you know, send-off for you know probably some seniors that wouldn't be recognized on all-conference maybe if if you're uh, third place or fourth place or you know in the middle of the pack like you've been in the past. Uh, but more importantly, the team's just playing well. Um, you know, not surprising maybe uh, three weeks ago that McCutcheon was able to beat Logansport, but definite shocker that the Mavs beat Kokomo and then couple that with beating Lafayette Jeff 
and doing so in the fashion where you're up 14 or I think 13 and nothing, and then Jeff comes back and takes a 16-13 lead, and you're like, okay, here we go. Same old Mavs, and no. Next play on offense for McCutcheon is a, a long touchdown. Get a fumble, get the ball right back, and hit another long touchdown, and it's like, okay, this, this is different. Uh, this team believes that, that it can go out every Friday night and beat the team on the other sideline. And, um, you know, in, in some recent years, I don't know if that was the case. So, uh Big props there for, you know, getting a team that's believing and getting hot at the right time, and now you have uh, a chance against the, to be honest, I, I saw Tech play at Jeff, and, and it's a very bad, maybe the worst 6A program in the state. Uh, you get a chance to just hopefully go out, get a lead, rest some guys, uh, get some younger guys some experience, and uh, you should, you know, based on what you've done in recent weeks, end the regular season on a, a nice little win streak here. And, I mean, they may be the most dangerous team in that sectional right now, the way they're playing defense. Like Decatur Central, Plainfield, Harrison, and McCutcheon. Uh, I, I don't know who you'd want to play uh, week one in that sectional. Uh, that's just it, It's so tough. And, of course, sectional draws coming out on Sunday night, so we'll have that to talk about uh, next week as well. So the Mavs at home, Sam, and then uh, Marion will come over to Jeff. Uh, Coach Pat Chanley said a bit of a cultural reset this week. Uh, I don't know that that's a buzz term that I want to hear going into uh, week eight of the high school football season, but nonetheless, that's kind of where the Broncos are at. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. They're playing a true freshman down there at uh, at quarterback for some time now. I mean, it has just not gone Jeff's way at all this season. No, and, and you know, they don't want to use injuries as an excuse, but for us, we can definitely do that, and, and yeah, this team would be in a better situation with some of the guys who are not uh, on the field on Friday nights who typically would be. Um, you know, not to be critical of, of Coach Shanley, but last week when they made a decision to put a, a freshman quarterback in, I think that's a decision you either have to be fully invested in or, or not invested in. And um, the Broncos kind of went back and forth with, with him, with Tristan Bennett, and, and with Lance Crowder there. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going to play the freshman, in my opinion, you play the freshman. Now, um, he did have some ups and downs, as you would expect, but I think you kind of got to let him play those out. Uh, and then I go to practice this week, and they've got uh, tractor tires rolled out on the Schumann Stadium turf, uh, sledgehammers, sleds. And I, I just went out there, and I said, man, this does not look like it's going to be a fun day. And... I don't know if it was a whole lot of fun for them, but I think it was probably, uh, you know, a kick in the butt like, hey, we're going back to what made us the program that was winning a sectional title last year, a program that was winning four straight North Central Conference titles uh, from 2017 to 2020, and it was a lot of that uh, type of workout and, um, you know, just kind of understanding of what it takes to get to that championship level. So. Hopefully that sparks the team. Uh, Marion is a, a winnable game. Should be a, a you know not an easy win maybe, but a, a game that Jeff would be favored in. And I would suspect that uh, the Broncos will play much better because um, of what happened, and, and also just the fact that I think that you, you've played some tough games here and uh, been in those games. Harrison McCutcheon, um, Michigan City, just haven't pulled out the winning plays at the right time, and I think those are. Things that until you learn how to grow and, and you know make mistakes and learn from them, um, you don't know how to do it. And now I think that Jeff's in a situation where it's like, now we've made the mistakes. It's about correcting them. 
And then our final game, Sam King, uh, Harrison, fifth-ranked team in 5A, hosts Logansport. Uh, look, we, uh, <laughs> you go over to the Harrison and y- you hear it from the fans and stuff. I know there's a lot of people still upset about Logansport, their vote to kick him out and then to go to the Hoosier. Uh, I talked to Terry Peebles about that. I don't think it bothers him too terribly much. I think the football team is going to be much better off uh, with uh, with an independent schedule versus what they were playing. But, you know, there were, there was an incident uh, during baseball-softball season between fans and, and, and these two teams and stuff. I, I just I got a little worried here. I, I think we're talking Mike Johnson, Terry Peebles, two very uh, professional guys have been doing it a long time. I, I think we'll be okay on the field, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know what to expect tonight. I expect Harrison to win. I just don't know what kind of fashion this game's going to go off. Yeah, um, I would suspect, based on this being a Week 8 game, the fact that Harrison is going to be 7-1 and one after tonight, uh, yeah, I'm chalking that up to a victory already. Uh, this hopefully is a, a 35 nothing, get a running clock, get your guys off the field healthy type week because I think that, you know, if you if you started the season and told Terry Peebles you'll be seven and one going into Week Nine to play, you know, a, an awful Richmond team, he would have said you're you're crazy. There's no way that this team is going to be that good. And the, another one that you know you talk about these great defenses. Harrison's defense has been lights out this year. Uh, they're in a situation now where you start to say, and, and you mentioned with McCutcheon, the the four teams are not sectional. Anybody can win. Um, Probably not a shock if any four of those teams beats anybody else in that sectional, but Harrison knows it's in that mix and, and has a chance to really do something special here in the postseason. So uh, right now, you know you're going to win your last two games, even if you don't you know, publicly state that. And you know that the biggest concern right now is if a guy gets injured and how that uh, can derail your championship hopes in the postseason. So I think that's, you know, you, you don't get into the running up the score at this point in the season. Um, I know what was said after the, the Jeff and Harrison game with, with Harrison scoring a touchdown with one second left. But at this point, you're just trying to, to move forward and, and have your your team that's gotten you to this point uh, fully healthy in the postseason. Uh, Sam King here from the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Again, follow him all Friday night. He's got you covered uh, as well as he'll head out to Iowa on Saturday as well. Busy, busy guy, so make sure you give him a follow, give him some likes. He's working hard covering local sports. Where he's Sam, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be on. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. I got more Hammer Down Show waiting for you next. On Big thanks to Sam King for being on with us. It's the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis. All right, so, I mean, like, there's so much little things going on today. Like, you know, Bears win last night. Justin Fields... Tremendous for the second straight game. And, you know, what else happened last night? The defense actually played last night. You know, we uh, there were these rumors that Eberfluss was um, coaching, for his, uh, coaching for his job last night, which I was like, it's crazy. A year in like three, four games, you're done? Whew. Would have been hard. But like I've been saying here, I, I said it last week. Uh, I, I said it before the week. Uh, that that week, I, I said it this week. He's got to figure out a way to delegate or uh, find somebody to take a bigger role on handling that defense. Maybe he's gotten a little bit more comfortable with working with them. 
But I don't think it's any uh, surprise that the Bears won after they played their, you know, their best defensive effort of the season. Five sacks? Nint. They were rolling. They were good. They were much better on defense. And yeah, some of that may be on Sam Howell, who is the worst quarterback uh, under pressure in the NFL. The statistics back that up. But you still have to generate that pressure, which is something that that defensive line has not done a ton of. No, they just haven't. Justin Fields had a good rushing performance as well. And something that he really, I mean, was that 57 yards? I think that was a season high for him, right? No, he had 59 week one against Green Bay. Still, you look at the last few weeks, you know, Tampa Bay only had three. He seemed very frustrated. Kansas City kind of got back to his old self. Denver, he wasn't very good. I, look, I think we just, we jump, we, we we got spoiled there for a little bit, especially with quarterbacks. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you Justin Fields is a long-term solution for the Chicago Bears, but we got a little bit spoiled with the old way of thinking with quarterbacks was you drafted, you put them behind uh, somebody, let them learn for a year or two, bring them up. And then, by necessity, guys like, you know, Brady, Roethlisberger, Big Ben might have been the guy that really broke the mold. You know, he came in for an injured Tommy Maddox and then almost ran the table all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, they were darn close. They lose to the Patriots uh, down the stretch there at home. Was that an AFC championship game too? I mean, he almost took them all the way. And all of a sudden we changed the bar on what to expect and we've had a couple of guys since then really be able to, um, you know, come right in like Mahomes and learn on the fly. And because of that, we've readjusted that expectation how quickly we want to see this and, and, and how quickly you want to shut the door. But it still does take time for a lot of players and coaches to get acclimated to each other to really figure out what makes Everyone tick and, and then the timing, it just it's so much. So maybe they've kind of unlocked the key with Justin Fields here that they didn't have early in the season. It's too early to tell that. But he's looked good the last couple of weeks, and now you're gonna bring in a, a Vikings defense. That has been uh, What are they in scoring right now? They haven't been one of the best teams in the league. Lower half of the league in scoring. What are they in in in, in passing yards allowed? Total yards allowed? I mean, they just haven't been. I, this is a great defense to take advantage of. I think for a third straight week, and you can start to build that confidence if you're the Chicago Bears. Then you're going to turn around and you're going to get a, a Raiders team that's, eh. Chargers secondary that's not good. 
Saints, Panthers. You got a chance here to string together some some wins here and kind of change the trajectory of the season. Now, I, I don't know if that's enough to get you into a wild card at this point, but it'll be enough to keep some jobs. No, and then they move Chase Claypool. You move on from that bad trade to take him from Pittsburgh. I told you it was a bad trade when it happened. I know people are going to go, great, we got one touchdown, no wins, and, and we lost the 33rd overall pick. It's done. You can't go back and change that. What you can't do is, is say, we made a mistake. We'd like to move on from that mistake. And you got a very small piece in return, but you got something. You know, you walked into the casino with $1,000 saying, I'm going to make my fortune. You got down to about uh, 100 a little over $100. You could have just sat there and kept going, but you said, I'm the least, I'm done. We're done. I made a mistake. Let's not lose 1000 tonight. Let's just lose 900 It's not ideal, but it's better than losing 1000 is it not? And that's, that, that's the way I look at the Chase Claypool trade, if I'm the Bears. You made a mistake, but at least you're not doubling down on it. And you can move on. You're good. Uh, you know, the, the Board of Trustees extending Mike Bobinski today was uh, was a big thing. I mean, clearly he's done a great job with where these uh, athletic programs have been going. You know, your money-making, uh, your biggest revenue generators have continued to trend in the right direction. I mean, not every Olympic sport is probably where you want it to be, but mostly in some good shape here, right? I I don't think he's done anything that makes me want to go, yeah, no, I don't want him around longer. He's made some very savvy hires in the coaching ranks. Now, time will tell on Coach Walters, but I think you like the early return so far. Maybe not as much as you thought you were going to like it, but you're still okay. No, volleyball is thriving. Women's basketball is coming back, thanks to the hire Katie Gerald's. Uh, wrestling is doing is on the upswing here too. The golf program seemed to be on the upswing. You know, I've talked about Coach Bird and that women's team. I thought that was a great hire. You know, baseball's got to find some footing. Softball's under new management now. I'm excited about Coach Maggie out there and see what she can do. So, yeah, uh, uh, happy about that. Uh, the Big Ten Media Day stuff with uh, the preseason teams, uh, this is going to sound cold. I don't care. I don't care about preseason awards. Is it nice for some of those players to have the recognition? Yes, it sets a bar, but at the same time, what does it matter? You know, even if we go through all of these um, accomplishments, we, we talk about Zach Eady, and, and you're going to go through those accomplishments uh, one day, if you know his number were to get retired, nobody ever lists on a retire a jersey retirement or a banner raising. Nobody lists all their accomplishments um, for national player of the year, this award winner, that award winner. Oh, also first team all preseason conference. Nobody ever puts a preseason. They'll put hey, you made first team after the season. 
Absolutely. Something to talk about, something to argue about. But I see way too many people losing their minds around the fan bases because a certain player isn't on a first or second team preseason. Who cares? It is a preseason awards watch list. It is a, hey, we're just trying to figure out how the league is going to look. And are they ever wholly accurate at the end of the season? Absolutely not. I'd much rather have my guys on the postseason than the preseason. I never understood why people lost their minds over preseason first, second teams, and all that stuff. Preseason power rankings. What's it matter? (laughs) It all goes out the window at a drop of a hat. I guess I... People need stuff to argue about on the internet. People need stuff to argue about on the internet. And not, again, I'm not discrediting what the media wants to do when they put these things together. They're good things to talk about. It's kind of a preview of where we think everybody's at right now. But in terms of losing my mind over something, it's just, it's the dumbest thing in the world. It really is. Congratulations to Zach for, you know, being the preseason player of the year. But who, I mean, he, he's the national, he's the reigning national player of the year. Who else are we making the preseason player of the year in the big, uh, like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, good for him. He's earned it. He earned it last year. And there's really nobody else you're going to get into the argument when you win national player of the year and you come back. That's just the way it is. But it's it's cool. It, it, nice with the players and all that stuff. But to be honest with you, it, it there's not much that means less than that. I put all my stock into the postseason, and I'm sure most of these players do as well. We'll come right back. We'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show next. I'm going to wrap it up here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Things we may have missed. Dick Buckus, man, yesterday. I mean, come on. You knew the Bears were going to win after you got that news yesterday. Just one of those names, man. One of those biggest names. That's tough, man. I'm sorry, Bears fans. That one was tough. 80 years old, man. Rest in peace to Dick Butkus, man. Tough pill to swallow for that. Um, You know... When I, when I do a little show over uh, in one of our uh, sister markets in Illinois, I always like to do like a Florida man story when I'm still talking about music and stuff. And I couldn't help but notice this one here. It's not a Florida man story, but we're on the same page with this one. Get this. A Michigan State professor was placed on leave after they discovered that he was actually a fugitive using a fake name who got busted for running a meth lab in Louisiana before he took off. Wait, What? I, what goes on at Michigan State? I honestly don't know. Kinesiology instructor Braden Doyle's on leave after students found news articles linking him to the bus of a meth lab in Louisiana in March of 2020. How do you get hired at a at an institution and teach children with no background check where you don't figure this out? How is that possible? I, uh, <laughs> Mind exploded. How you get that far? I hear stories like this, and then I always ask myself, I'm like, boy, 
maybe I should have just lied my rear end off on some resumes to get some jobs because apparently nobody fact checks anything. I could be I, I could have made a huge payday someplace. <laughs> this is crazy. Jeez, for like two, two, three years he's up there in East Lansing. Nobody knows teaching kids. Oh my goodness! I what goes on at Michigan State, man? Does anybody background check anything? Man, this is that's nuts. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show tonight. Starting at six thirty, you'll hear uh, me giving you pregame seven o'clock. With the kickoff, homecoming at CC against Benton Central tomorrow starting at 1.30. Myself, Kyle Charters, Boiler Game Day is back before the Boilers take on Iowa. All right, enjoy all that, and I'll see you back here tonight on...